0: Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. The podcast where we actually explore the minds of leaders from all around the agriculture and agribusiness space about what it takes to lead intentionally in this industry today. My friends, if there's some value in here for you today, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, share this with someone who needs to hear the message of what it takes to be intentional. Let's get into the show. Hey team, welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader podcast. Today, I am joined by Matt Lawrence and uh, honored to have you on the show, man. Thanks for making the time to be with me.
1: Yeah, appreciate having me. Appreciate being here. Good conversation.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a fun conversation today. So let's dive in, man. Uh, Matt, what what does intentional leadership look like for you?
1: Uh, really intentional leadership, you know, just really having a purpose and, uh, having an objective so people know why you're leading, um, it, you know, really some of the, many of the times I've talked with you about this, I try to come across a little unintentional. You don't want to be too intentional that, Hey, here's what I got to do. Be the boss, the top down type person. You kind of want to come across as one of the team an advisor, uh, somebody they come to. But as long as you have that planned out on how you're going to work with your people so that they ask you questions and and you feel part of the advice and the working with them versus uh, intentionally, hey, I need you to do this, this, this and this. If you can really say, hey, what's where do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get from point A to point B and let them come along with the ride? That's mm-hmm. part of uh, my mentor all the time is trying to make sure that I have my people bought in on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. not to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Uh, I have many examples of those things. When we do segmentation planning, things like that, a lot of people look at that like busy work, but if you bring them along with the idea and how should we construct it, because they all know we should do it somehow, some way, uh, the more the the people are bought in on it. So intentionally, I would say I intentionally be a little unintentional with my employees and with my managers so that they know I'm working with them. And I'm not just, uh, Boss, top down, but you know, I intentionally do that, and I think you got to have a purpose and a objective because that's going to be the number one people think people challenge is what's the objective here.
0: Yeah, I, I think what you're saying right is be human, right? Being, <laughs> being, being approachable, and, but also bringing people along with with buy in, which we believe is really important. All of our programs are designed to create buy in so that we can get people to hopefully go to that next phase with us, and yeah. that's that's an important phase. I, you know, when it, when it comes to that, what, what are the big challenges that come up for you in, in, in getting buy-in? Because, you know, a lot of times it does seem like busy work. It does seem like just another thing, another CRM thing I got to fill out, another thing the leadership's asking me to do. So I love what you're saying. I want to keep rolling with that. So how, how do yeah, I would,
1: you I'll steal something from one of my uh, managers, actually, I've been using lately is, is start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So if you work with the people and say, all right, here's where we need to get. Now, what are the steps we need to get there? That that They understand where they need to get. Usually they agree with where they need to get. It's how they get there that they always don't always agree upon. And if you come with a um, solid, firmed up, this is exactly what we're going to do, you're going to have a lot of people looking at you. All right, that, I wasn't bought in on that. That wasn't part of my plan. Um, But if you say, hey, let's start with the end in mind. We need to get from to here. So how should we do that, right? What are the steps we should take? Who are the people we should engage with? Um, And what are the activities that we should do or tactics that we should do to get there so to me it's a, a lot about respecting your employees and you'll hear me say this a lot uh humility is something one of my three attributes that I always stick to I'll name the other ones as we go here but humility so I whether it's I always t- tell my uh, sales reps whether it's the guy mopping the floor or the front counter lady or the guy in the sprayer or the boss of all the agronomists you need to talk to all of them right and understand that they're all people there, and they all have a way in on what they're going to buy and what they're going to use. So I do that same thing with my people. I try to make sure that I'm talking with uh, the sales reps. As much as we have manager workers and, and things to do, you still have to uh, humble yourself to understand that, hey, they have a role and a job to do as well. So engaging them is, is key and, and making sure that they're part of the process.
0: Absolutely. Love it.
1: Love it, ma'am. Well, let's let's talk a little
0: bit um, about you a know, talent Attraction and retention, which is a big topic in the ag industry today. It seems some are winning and a lot are not. So what's your what's your take on, on how to do that? How does intentional leadership play in for you?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I would say really there's a lot of little differences best depending on what's part of the ag business market you're in, right? We're we're a supplier, seller, distributor, seller, retailer, seller, grower. There's there's different struggles at each of those levels with talent acquisition and retention. Um, some of the you know, I would say a lot of the things we do or I try to do when I'm bringing folks in and have to teach my regional managers and do we're we're a right size if you want to call it company. so there's a lot of different sizes of companies out there. but it's you know those three attributes I'll talk about is really integrity, humility and accountability. So we try to ensure that when we're bringing folks in that they understand they're coming into a culture, so I think we'll get into culture as well later here, but they're coming into a culture where we value our sales force, right? We try to involve them in marketing teams, decisions, and what we're going to be doing next year. Now we don't, you know, we bring them in, give, have them give us advice, we listen to the customer. Um uh, and, and the more they see that we're humble, like that, we want to know what our customers want. Doesn't mean we can always do it, like we always tell the customers, can't always do what you ask, right? But we should listen and try to think about how we can do it. But then also, you know, when you're when you're talking with your employees having the integrity um i would say that attracts employees even when i we do interviews i think people get that vibe of when you're i'll call it too polished if i can say it a different you know some people are just so polished and and how they say it they're not they're not being genuine maybe that's the right word and with that yeah. integrity as much as it is tell the truth it's also be just genuine right when you're genuine with your employees and they know, hey, here's here's what we got to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we do it, at, at your company. I think you attract more people. Mm. And I also probably think you retain more people with that genu- generosity and genuineness of uh, with your people. But then there's also the part of retain- retention as well as the accountability. You know, the integrity, humility, and the accountability. Accountability is a really strong word. Uh, we've been using it a lot lately, but it, it you've got to think of the strength side of it, but also the soft side of it. Accountability is really just making sure your people that are at the top doing really, really well, understand that you expect that of the middle and the bottom folks as well, right? Um, and that you're holding people accountable. You're also taking accountability of what goes on as a group and that there's not such as silos as many people call it, where they're working in different silos. So going back to the attractiveness, uh, attracting employees, um we have a pretty good situation uh we work hard to attract employees to what we have here at Valen and i think when they talk to peers talk to other folks or even our customers they understand those three attributes that we're using um and how much we involve the customer and the employees in a lot of our decisions so uh, that that's one way we do it um i you know obviously there's a lot of things uh as far as satisfaction surveys um I would say the number one, 80% of the time that we have our satisfaction surveys, the reason people are here is the people. Mm -hmm. So I'll kind of circle back to those three attributes. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's because those attributes is what our people instill in each other is that we're going to be integrity, humility, and accountability.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. and I love that there's kind of a core focus, right? A central focus that people can rely on and depend on. And when we have that and everybody knows it, it gives us... Uh, it creates kind of a way within the organization that this is the standard it's this or something better right and and if anything's falling below that well we tend to catch it we tend to kind of start to call each other out and and i think that's important probably helps do some of the work for you with that in Mm -hmm. mind let's talk let's talk about culture a little bit because i think these these kind of play with each other and um what what is it in your mind what does it take to create great culture intentionally
1: uh, well, number one, I think it starts with good leadership and leadership understanding that you want to build a culture that people want to be a part of the team, right? Um, and that they feel they're part of the team, right? That they're not just being told what to do, that they are a part of the process of with the end in mind, the end in sight, how do we get there and let me build my plan. Um, so I, I would say it starts there and building that culture. Also just the collaboration. I was about to say there as well, in inter- external and internal are two different things when you're talking about culture or even employee retention uh, external with your customers that, that can go really well or that can be you know you can look like a tough company to work with but mm-hmm. internally there's a lot of inner department uh stuff that goes on and it's amazing how people act externally versus internally but we you know we got to strive as leaders intentional agribusiness leaders to keep that uh, consistent in both realms. Internally, when you're working with your marketing technology and other departments, HR, whatever it may be, because there's a lot of debates internally that happen that are probably uh, as what I want to say, as strong as an external debate. So, I mean, sometimes I, I enjoy getting back to the customer. Sometimes that's a little bit easier. But as long as you keep that culture yeah. consistent, I, I would say that's that's valuable to a company and and making your people feel like they belong in that culture. And that they want to be along with each other. Size has a bit to do with it. But even if you are a really, really large company, there's ways to break that out. We we have the advantage of not being the biggest supplier. So a lot of what we do internally across our committees, uh, whether it's groups of people that get along and have the same interests in mind, we have a lot of that. Uh, I'll call it family atmosphere is something we've used here at Valent. Uh, in my many years of being here that uh, we, we say that a lot. It seems a little bit like a family. It doesn't feel like, Hey, you're just a person somewhere in a number. We really try to make our people feel like they have uh, a belonging. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And and, um, when we think about good leadership, driving culture, I want to go back to the top of your answer. And I want to, I want to tie this together with, with accountability. How, how do leaders drive accountability? I mean, when we talk about, you know, it's, well, it's got to be the same for, you know, top third, middle third, bottom third, those kind of things. I think that's important, but I mean, what's the, is it the old carrot in the stick these days? What's your take on how, how do you hold people accountable?
1: That's, that's a tough question because I mean, I would say even, uh, something I continue to try and work on is to try and hold my people more accountable. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a um, a method of leading folks from, like I say, as one of them. And I won't say soft but being nice, but actually letting them be part of the process. But if I'm, we build the process and say, we're going to get to here and there's step one, two, three, and four, you need to do, but you haven't done it. At some point, I got to come back and say, Hey, we built the ship together. You didn't do, you did step one, but you didn't do step two or three. Come on. Right now you can, there's different ways to do that and really hold them accountable. But I think people understand it more and are bought in more if they're part of the process. Like, hey, we built this together, but you didn't follow through. So you have to you have to do that. Um, you know, there comes a, I would say there's probably a time where you're letting folks do the process. But once it's firmed up, now you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Once they start doing it, you give them a little lag time, I would say, because we all have busy lives and, and too much going on. Yeah, but then there's a point where it's like, hey, this is overdue. In fact, I can say actually just sent a message like that today. I said, hey, this is overdue. Wait, mm-hmm. come on, you know you're late. Get this done. Let's get this in just like the rest have. So, um, there comes a point where there's a line. Like, hey, you, we yeah. got to be accountable. And the more I hold my regional managers accountable, the more they'll see how to hold their reps accountable. Because to your point, I, I it's a million dollar question. How do you keep people hold people accountable without them getting defensive? Right. People mm-hmm. can snap to defense right away versus uh, versus really understanding. You're right. I'm I'm a little behind here or I need to get this done this way.
0: Yeah. So I, I love the intentionality of what you're describing, Matt, around bringing people along and having them be a part of the, the, the process creation, whatever the process may be. But they were they had some input and we all agreed that, yes, this is step one, step two, step three, step four, and we're all going to do it by set date. Right. So you're bringing them along in the process. And then if they're falling behind at the end of the day, somebody has to manage the project. That's probably you, <laughs> right? That's the team yeah. lead. Somebody's making sure that everything's getting done. And, um, and yeah, somebody gets the, I mean, at, at that point, we have, I think, a better permission to call people out where some people maybe struggle to hold people accountable to what they said they were going to do when. Or, or, or what they were asked to do, especially if, it, yeah. if they didn't have input at the beginning.
1: And I, 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 would, I would bet 50% of the time, the reason they have trouble holding them accountable or they're not doing it is they that employee was never bought in from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That you said, hey, here's step one, two, three, and four, and you have to do it.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's
1: the kind of the response you got. And then you're going, hey, why are being done? Well, it probably was never bought in the beginning, right? So the more you can make sure they're bought in, before you say, all right, here's the line in the sand, this is what we're doing. I think it's easier to hold people accountable.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, when when I'm seeing somebody not show up consistently, uh, and there have been times when I haven't shown up consistently, but when I see somebody maybe consistently being laid on, you know, some of those middle steps or some part of the project along the way, uh, that th- tells me two things. One, there's probably something else going on, right? Yeah. Probably something else going on. And so it, lends itself to a conversation. This isn't, and I'm highlighting this because it's another part that you've already mentioned. And I just want to frame it up in a, um, and, and put a an exclamation point on this. You know, what Matt's talking about is creating a conversational way of leadership, being available, being one of the people, not, not necessarily just dictating everything from the top down all the time. There are times when you got to go take the hill, lead the team, go get stuff done. But then, you know, the 90% of the rest of the time, <laughs> we should... We should be able to walk people through this, you know, this kind of a process. So I like that, right? We're bringing people along, but you get to notice and hopefully that puts you in a position to really be a coach and be a mentor to the people that you lead, right? Because we're like, yeah. Hey, what else, what else is going on? And then the other part, and this is a little bit more, one of those constructive criticism type conversations, I think, but if it's showing up somewhere, if it's shown up on one project, I mean, you can almost guarantee it's shown up somewhere else. Yep right? I can say say that objectively, positively, and negatively, but if it's shown up somewhere, I bet you it's shown up somewhere else.
1: And that's, and that's where I go back to the, you know, the humility, if you want to call it that, but also building trust with your employees much easier when I have eight direct reports with 45 people that report to them, but I got it. But if you had 500 people that are in a factory, you know, working somewhere, it's very hard to build that trust and that empathy with them. But if you know, it's something else, like, Hey, they just aren't being accountable, not just because they didn't like the project, maybe it's more going on in their life than that. Hopefully, you've built the relationship and the trust with that employee, or at least their manager to say, hey, let's dig into this, right? I mean, we, we got to care for our people, because if we don't care and listen to our people, um, they'll keep not being accountable for some odd reason that they won't tell us, right? But at least if we have that relationship and that empathy and listen to them, um, doesn't give them an excuse, don't get me wrong. Right. I mean, I've had people say, hey, here's what's going on. I'm like, all right, I get that. So what do we need to do? Do we need to take time away? What do we got to do? But we have a job to get done. That's still the number one priority. So, but yeah, I, I think that's that's what I try to work with my managers on. Um, is number one, yes, holding everybody accountable and also make sure that you're close enough with that employee that they're they can come to you and say, Hey, something's going on, which is why I have not been doing my best.
0: For sure. Love it, man. Love the intention behind what you're doing and how you're getting it done. Uh, we spent most of our time so far talking about how to get it done. Let's talk a little bit about Matt, uh, just uh, out of curiosity. And what's been a what's been a big hurdle that you've had to overcome? If you had to say this is the biggest hurdle I've overcome in my career, what would uh, what would you call it?
1: Uh, well, there's all kinds of hurdles, right? That's why we work in agriculture every year. is a new year. And everything's different and there's there great, are easier
0: ways to make money. Let's, let's yeah, there's
1: another tough year, right? We just saw some of that. So I would say actually probably one of the biggest things from the leadership perspective I've had, and I think many people uh, go through this. In fact, I'm, I'm, I have five regional managers, four of them I have brought into management people. Uh, so I guess that's kind of a, a pedestal I can stand on. I still coach them and work with them and they're great leaders. But when I became a regional manager uh, 16 years ago, 17 years ago, I was actually going from a sales rep to a regional manager, Mm -hmm. was the only person in Valent that really has done that. Um, But I went from sitting next to my peers to being their boss. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's challenging. That's probably the biggest challenge I had. Wasn't, I'll say, financially struggling. It was just how to get employees to understand that, yes, I'm your friend, I'm your buddy, I'm your peer, but I have a job to do, right? So I can hang out with you, talk about some things, but at some point I'm going to have to flip that switch and say, yes, but we have a job to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's building that trust, keeping that trust, I should say, with that employee that, yeah, you're still one of them, but you do have a different role now to make sure everybody's accountable to go back to our accountability. Yeah. But that was a that was something that I think was is a challenge. I think many people probably deal with that if they stay with the same company a long time.
0: Yeah, that's a really good, a really good one. Actually, I've, I've run into a lot of coaching clients over the years that have had similar challenges. What if if somebody was facing that today? If they're in that new new in the role, they just got up upgraded to the to the leadership chair. Now they're they're leading the people that they used to drink push lights with. You know, at the <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, what 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 advice would you give?
1: Uh, I think it's just be transparent, right? It goes back to my integrity. Uh, mm-hmm attribute is make sure that they know yeah we can sit down Heck, i'll even say hey if you want to vent go ahead let's vent right but at some point i have to say all right now i'm now i'm the boss right so what are we going to do to fix this
0: mm-hmm. it
1: can't be uh and, and as long as that employees understands that hey i have a new role right i mean that it's it doesn't mean i cut it off and that you can't come to me you still got to have that trust um, and that, that dialogue but you do have to uh you do have to let your employees know that my job just like your job is to sell whatever millions my job is to make sure that we are selling the millions that everybody's doing so um and that we're implementing all the tactics so to me it's just being transparent right and not uh and not coming across going from their friend peer with Bush lights to, all of a sudden coming out with a rubber mallet, swacking them around saying, I know everything you're doing and you need to fix it. Like, hang on, slow down. Right. I would say that's another piece of advice I've given the newer regional managers is they always ask, what's the biggest piece of advice you can give me? I say, pace yourself. Mm-hmm. Just pace yourself. You're going to come into a really busy world with a lot of things to do. You don't have to change the world in the first three months. Pace yeah. yourself. Right? Get to know it. Take it one step at a time. Uh, but we're picking you as a regional manager because we know you got those good ideas, we know you have that initiative, we know you got that work ethic. Just remember you gotta pace yourself in that. Otherwise, you're gonna come across too rapidly to the employees of wow, who's this person that came out of a show?
0: Yeah, I like that advice of pacing yourself. And I, and I think often people we we're not patient.
1: <laughs> no, right? Like not in we, this world. Anymore. We
0: put the seed in the ground, we want to see it tomorrow. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, we, so, I
0: that,
1: remember the day when we used to send an email, and you'd be happy if you got an email back in a week. Yeah, now if you send an email and you don't get a response in a day, people are upset. It's like, my right. gosh,
0: yeah, we are. Im- we are very impatient. We are very impatient. So, what well, I think, you, if you're graduating from that role, right, you're t- you're going from team member to now team leader. Mm-hmm. The other piece I would even throw on, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, yeah, be patient, and like. That chapter has closed. You got the nod for a reason. There's something that something about you, something something in the way that you've been performing and what people see in you, the potential that people see in you, and so there has to sort of be a death of the old and the birth of a new, just like in any any hero's journey, any character development. If you watch a movie, that old person kind of has to go away, and now it's the new person emerges. And there's there's a part of that that's okay. Not saying that we'd be separate or or try to be better than the group that we're now leading, but you you've been called to now steward the group that you were once just a part of
1: i would i would also say as the person, the manager who's picking that manager and saying hey we're we're selecting you make sure you're identifying the reasons you selected them right there are probably some characteristics they were doing in their old role that you thought hey you're a leader of the pack right people are following what you're doing whether it's by example or it's verbally or its work ethic, you point those out to say, hey, keep doing that, because that's what people were following. And you may have not known it, but they were following it, right? So it's kind of, it's maybe the transition to the to plug on the, the intentional, it's kind of the transition from the really, really unintentional, just leader of the pack of the group to now, now you are the leader. So now you have to be a little more intentional with what you're doing, but doesn't mean you got to totally change everything and keep doing what you've been doing but make sure people know why you're doing it because you have taken on this new character new role.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I'm glad we talked about that. That was a, that's going to be really helpful for somebody listening in. Cause there's, I promise you there's somebody right now that's going through exactly that.
1: That yeah. definitely yeah. Needs, to,
0: needs to hear that. Somebody else has been there too. So uh, what's uh, so that was biggest hurdle. What's your biggest win?
1: Oh, I would say it's, it's kind of, it, it was what I mentioned earlier is teaching other people how to lead people. Right. Um, I, I'm a scientist at, in, in college and degree, right? Um, agronomy, horticulture, and chemistry. But as I got into this company, they realized I have a lot of coaching and background. My father and brother are both coaches. So I have a lot of people, leadership skills. And when you teach someone how to do something, whether that's do a block or run a play or how to manage people, it's pretty exciting to step back and let them manage it. Right. So they may come to you with a lot of questions and a lot of ideas but the more you can let them grow and understand how to do it themselves um, and get a team underneath them it's it's exciting to see and I you know I think all of us should with that humility is step back and let them take the credit of being a get great manager of the people knowing that a lot of it was you you know you guiding them along with some of the questions and stuff So I would say seeing the uh you know the success of my people that are managing other people is is exciting for me probably my biggest win
0: that's uh, that's a fantastic win
1: and, and and
0: along the same vein any pro tips for people that are they're that handing off building up those new leaders you know we've talked a lot about a fair number of things here today already matt but just just curious what you know how, how do you help somebody go from being that new leader to just really developing a high level of certainty in that role
1: uh, there's a lot of things. i mean you know as much as I probably said, be patient before, you really do have to come up, uh, like you said, take that character on. So uh, try to get my folks to understand, hey, this is your new role. So what's your plan? And make sure you got your people bought in, right? I go back to that buy Make sure they're bought in, that you are the leader of the pack. They trust you. They're going to work with you and, and start getting there year by year by year. But Eventually, you're really going to see folks that are very loyal to you if you're loyal to them, right? Mm, yeah as we all say in sales so you got to have one foot with them and one foot with, you know, you got to make sure you're balanced of what we have to get done and what they want to get done and make sure everybody's bought in and it's, it's pretty balanced. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. And as you, you get someone in there too, um, kind of to my point earlier, as much as you want to do things for folks <laughs> or tell them exactly how to do it, yeah, suggest it, don't tell them exactly and see how they, uh, how they use it with their own personality, right? Because if I tell a manager, hey, this person said this with this account, here's exactly what I would do. Well, like I always say, what do I need them for, right? And they're not going to be able to deliver that message the same way I am. My personality is not the same as my five regional managers, I guarantee you. So if as long as they know the objective in mind where they got to get that person, I think it's valuable to uh, let them do their own style, right? Um I've, is probably my other advice. I think too many managers try to instill their own management style on the next manager, but
0: yeah, it's great advice, great advice. And, and really appreciate you kind of framing that up there so that, you know, again, somebody going through that at this particular stage, just having, having this kind of a resource to say, Hey, what, what, how do we, how do we do it? Well, let's look, let, don't do not do it all for them right away just because you're concerned about it getting done right or what's going to what's gonna happen on the backside that's going to slow down the process, right? Slow down the progress of the development of that individual that they now
1: lead. And I think there's also that point of that uh, magical word of micromanagement. Um, you know, even though I was the regional manager, now I hire someone to be the regional manager. I'm not going to have them do it exactly the same way I did. I'll tell them, you know, here, here's kind of what I did. Here's how I planned it. Go about it your own way. Um, And as a manager, I think that's hard for some of us to say, all right, end in sight. Did they get there? Did they take the exact same path as me? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're going to make them take the exact same path as you, we go back to employee retention, you're not going to keep them very long if everything you did, you want them to do, right? Mm -hmm. As long as they're getting to the same spot in whatever that objective or tactic or or chore is, I think it's it's good, right? And it lets people evolve into who they want to be.
0: You know, I experience, I go through the same thing with my wife, actually, (laughs) you know, that nothing frustrates her more than when I come to her with an idea and I say, Hey, you know what? I really think that we should move whatever the, this around in the living room. And that was a suggestion that she made two months ago and it infuriates her, but now it's my idea. Now I'm motivated to go do it. It's the same concept.
1: No, exactly. I need to. I mean, I, I get that uh mention from my wife as well. It's just, you know, you treat me a little more like your employees. Like when I come into the kitchen, say, hey, let me help and start doing stuff. Eh, it's not a good spot. It's okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. I want my way. It's like, he's up here. Let me do it my way. Okay. All right. So yep. kind of gotta be, you got to do it both in personal and work life, right? Let folks uh, build their own path. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh, let's let's get a couple of speed round questions in here towards the t- uh, tail end here. Uh, what's, a, what's a good book um, that uh, that you like? Anything that's really been helpful for you over the years?
1: So uh, I would say a lot of the early ones I left, read were John Maxwell. So that's a lot of leadership books. But one I would throw out, which is a curveball, going back to my coaching past, that actually is a great book. And if you know him or don't know him, uh, he's interesting to learn about it's an autobiography which is what i used to be in reading a lot about lou holtz uh mm-hmm. coaches but lou holtz wins losses and lessons it's actually a great book on um without being a true again intentional hey here's exactly how you lead people it's autobiography about his life but he's a very very interesting person and uh amazing person and a great leader obviously as we all know he was
0: awesome yeah we have to put that in the uh in the uh in, in- may t- not be along your training and
1: leadership books, but I'm just gonna tell you it's a good book. I have a whole bunch. I for I sure know where to go with that, but I thought I'm gonna throw a curveball out at you. So
0: yeah, I mean I like that. I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of uh in fact you may be the first one to actually mention Maxwell. I think other people have brought up maybe titles over the course of some of these interviews, but first, definitely the first one to bring in Lou Holtz. And uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's something worth putting on the um, the reading list. And uh, I know my wife actually saw him speak in person at an Entree Leadership event years ago and said he was really fascinating to listen to. So good. good. All right. You're a busy guy, right? You got a lot of, you got a whole country to take care of as far as the, the, the business. You got regional managers to take care of, you probably get family to take care of. Uh, on top of it all. So how do you keep your energy up? How do you maximize your productivity? What are your tips?
1: Oh, I would say, you know, you do have to, you have to schedule your time. We all are even uh, post-COVID just busy, 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 even busier than we were pre-COVID, I think. Um, So you got to draw the line at some point of when you, you, you shut it down. But I would say I get a lot of my energy really from my people. And when I see people that are passionate and as much as it feels like it's a fire or it's stress or it's the good thing is when people are bringing those fires to you, at least they have the passion. Right. Um, you got to you really got to start worrying about folks when they aren't bringing fires to you, or aren't bringing issues to you, because that means they're probably not into it. So I would say that uh, the other thing, I'm still a customer person. Uh, everybody knows that at I love hanging out with the customer, going to visit the customer. Um that motivates me because those conversations are usually uh, very optimistic in what we can do and how we can get better. And it gives you that energy of, Hey, there's more we can do. Um, So those are the work ones. I mean, yeah, exercise, run dogs, do a little hunting, fishing, things like that when I can, but uh, those things re-energize you and give you a little time away to shut it off. But it's always a, a magical place when you can find a place without a cell signal just for a few days. It is, uh, it,
0: as we record this, we're in the midst of hunting season and I'm in, I'm enjoying those early dark hours, you know, in the deer stand. And then again, late at night right now. And I'll be honest, I'll let the phone slip out once in a while. I'll hit an email or a text message to the team, but yeah. I'm trying to shut it off and that's a good place to recalibrate. Yeah. So, good stuff. All right, Matt, this has been a treasure trove of good information. Uh, if, if people have listened th- this far, then they have learned a ton around, how do, we, how do we build intentional culture? How do we attract and retain? How do we lead? How do we take on new leadership roles? Man, I mean, there's been a bunch of it in here. So anything you'd like to add or um, pile on with before we fully bring it in for a landing today?
1: No, I think it's been a good discussion. I really, you know, like I say, uh, leading people can be uh, as much as selling and finishing and closing a number is awesome. And it's sometimes hard to convince sales folks to become people leaders, because there's just not that uh, close, right? There's not that fix of, hey, I got it. It's a little more subjective, but when you do see people excel and come out of their norm and become leaders uh, and be successful, it's it's just as exciting as, you know, selling a half million dollars or somebody on one sales call. But it just takes a little more time, right? It's not as definitive in that, it, but it, it, it can be exciting. And I think it's uh, good to see good leaders out there that work with their people and understand and, and, uh, you know, listen to them, have some empathy.
0: Good stuff, man. Great way to end it. Thank you for being on with me today.
1: Yeah. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Mark. I hope today's episode brought you a great deal of value about what it takes to lead life and lead in this industry with intention. If you want to go deeper on the topic of leading with intention, I encourage you to head on over to intentionaltoolbox.com and get the seven free tools that will help you to lead your life in all areas with a greater deal of intention. That's intentionaltoolbox.com. And finally, if, if this message resonated today, if there was something in here that you got value from, I promise you there's someone else in your life who also would get value from this. So please share the episode, share the podcast, and make sure that you subscribe.